Welcome to International Insights, stories from the real economy. My name is Josh Gembry. Many of us think of Africa as one entity, but in reality it's a vast continent, somewhat unknown beyond Libya and the North African territories. Well, Africa incorporates 54 countries, all distinct from each other. Africa has the potential to become the world's largest free trade area during this century. With a combined population of 1 billion people, it hosts some of the fastest growing economies in the developing world, in some cases exceeding the economic growth of many Western countries. No wonder corporations from around the world, including Malta-based companies, are looking at Africa as the next frontier. Our guests today lead two Maltese companies that have been active in Africa for years. Chris Muscat is the CEO of Hudson Holdings that distributes Nike and other top brands to 24 countries in Africa. And Carla Colina is from Salvo Green, a company that runs a logistics operation employing 80 people in Rwanda. Carl, Chris, great to have you here on International Insights to uh, share with us your experience in doing business in Africa. I'll start straight away with, you know, a bit of an introduction of what your companies, you know, do and have been doing in Africa for the last few years. Carl. First of all, thanks for having us. Great to be here, Joe. Um, so basically, as a, as a group of companies, we've been active in, let's say, Africa since, uh, since the early 80s. Like many other companies, you know, the first, let's say, experience was going to was going to Libya. Um, uh, that was, let's say, the generation uh, before the current generation in the in the business. Um, we are basically we are into into different areas mostly. The first is distribution of FMCGs, where we 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 basically distribute for for um, uh, multinationals such as Unilever, BAT, and then these kind of companies. And the second area is in, in travel retail, where we, we basically operate um, uh, what you would call a duty-free shop, what you would expect okay. to see in an airport or a seaport mm -hmm. in places where people travel. Mm -hmm. So those are our two, let's say... Uh, and and where about in Africa, Carl? So our footprint basically today is, is, is Libya, Tunisia, uh, Rwanda and, and Djibouti. And obviously we're looking at also potentially other, other, other countries to, to enter. Mostly focused around East Africa at the moment. Great. Okay. Chris, you have a long history in Africa. <laughs> yes. First of all, good morning and thanks for having us. Okay. Um, we've been doing business in Africa for a decade. Actually, our first foray to Africa, believe it or not, was Nigeria. So it's a long story, but to cut the chase. Alfie found a pitch for Morocco, and instead of giving him Morocco, they gave him Nigeria. They said, it's still Africa. You know? <laughs> The difference is very big between them. But we've been doing business out there in Nigeria for probably a decade, okay, in and out. So we went as distribution managers okay. to assist a local company. But basically our business is we are distributors, primarily we're distributors of sporting goods, exactly. of brands, exactly. sportswear brands, okay. So our biggest one is Nike, mm -hmm. we're distributed to around 34 countries in, in Africa. Africa. Okay, okay. Okay, and we do other sports brands, we do Converse, we do Vans. North Face. And, 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 and you've been distributing Nike and others in Africa for many years already, no? Yes, yes. So coming to that. But first we started as distribution managers. Okay. So first we're the third party in between. Mm -hmm. Okay. The local 
the brand and we were the managers in between. Okay. This didn't succeed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because what happens is the local partner suddenly thinks he's strong enough to go directly with the brand okay. and they start messing up everything. So we, we have to intervene and then the brand ultimately took the decision and said, look, we work directly with you guys. You set up the business directly. We don't deal okay. anymore with the local partners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at least we proved our expertise on that. So now we are directly the distributors for these countries. Exactly. Okay. So our majority of business is sports, which is probably around 60% of our business and distribution. But we also do retail. Okay. So we have direct operations in Morocco, in Algeria and in Nigeria, where we operate retail. And Morocco got around 21 stores. Okay. okay. We do fashion, we do sports, so we do Mango, we do Tommy, we're opening Calvin Klein. We obviously have Nike stores, we have Urban Jungle, our own franchise. So we have quite a significant and presence. And the retail side, you manage yourself from here? We do, no, we have offices in countries. So in Morocco, we've got about 150 people. Okay, okay. Um, in Algeria, a smaller team, we've got only three stores at the moment, another two opening, but an office of around 20 people, mm -hmm. plus the retail staff. And Nigeria, we opened our first two stores this year. We opened a Nike store and an Urban Jungle in Lagos. Okay. So I have an office and obviously retail complement. Yeah. Okay. A, 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 quite a, an extensive operation now that goes... goes uh, we were in Libya okay. extensively. We had around 20 stores we used to manage because okay. okay. it's a different setup in Libya, which obviously has... We've stopped everything there for a couple of years now. And now we're going to Kenya. So we're venturing into Kenya now. So we, what we want to do is these are our footholds into Africa. So we use them mm -hmm. to be direct retail, but we can't be direct retail everywhere. It's, exactly. it's too widespread. Exactly. And, everything. And, and, and was it was it a transition like from the, your experience in Libya to Africa or did Africa happen in, independently? Of no, it happened did? independently. Okay. Uh, Libya was a totally different. Libya was management of retail, pure okay. retail. Okay. And different operations, fashion, sports, you know. Mm -hmm. um, We've been in Algeria for a long time, 2006, again, with local partners. Okay. doesn't work out. Okay. So we have to go direct. Now we are with a local partner, but very strict on... So one of the learnings, okay. probably okay. pre-anticipating, is you need to select your partner very well. Okay. And you need to have it contractually, even though the contract is for, you say, time and everything, it is for when it goes bad. That's the exactly. Place, okay? exactly. And today, of course, you have partners in all these different places. So you've learned a lot on how to deal with, with people and situations. On no, the every, every situation is different. So I, could, I wish to say we learned it. Okay. We still learn every time. Okay. So we're direct Morocco alone. In Nigeria, we're direct alone. Mm -hmm. In Nigeria, we cannot because of the local legislation exactly. does not allow you. Exactly. So there we are, have a partner. Mm -hmm. But I think the fit of the partner is nearly more important than anything else. Not Excellent. what he does, not which feet he's worked in. Mm -hmm. It is the character, the fit of the person. And, you know. and that, that's kind of down to the person and the kind of down rather the, than the company the he represents. Down to the person. We're going to come to that and that's very, very interesting. I want to hear a little bit from Carl how you guys started in Africa because you're, you're a much more kind of a much more recent story. Sure. Know? No, as I said, obviously we had the history very similarly in Libya, but then it wasn't really it did not lead on to other, Libya was a kind of its own story, it did not lead on to other, to other markets. So what, we, what happened was we were, let's say, wanting to grow in the distribution space. And obviously we had, let's say, uh, key relationships with, with some multinationals. And it was an opportunity very similar to what you said. So we were pitching for one country and they said, no, you know, we're not going to give you that country, but you can try. In this case, you can, you know, we, we want a distributor for Rwanda, for example. Okay. So, this so came kind of up, the client came up with the, the, the supplier. The, the supplier the came supplier. up with the country. So we, we, were, we were intending a different country, but mm -hmm. we, you know, uh, very happily ended up 
with a, with a great country. And then we, we grew it from there. So then rather than going wide, we went, we went deep. So we said, okay, we're going to set up in Rwanda in this case. And, and uh, the, country, the country is really um, uh, kind of really want, you know, is really uh, the kind of place you want to invest in. So then we said, okay, if we can distribute A, we can distribute B, C and D. From the same base in Rwanda. Exactly, exactly. And we've grown, so we've grown that base. We've grown that base, and today we have 80 people in Rwanda. You know, we have warehouses all across the country, and we can distribute a range of products. Exactly. Uh, all FMCG, so obviously we're not we're not uh, distributing fridges and stuff. You know, it has to be kind of you know, exactly. it has to make sense, has to fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that obviously that that success in Rwanda has given us the opportunity to look at other countries because obviously once you do a good job in one place and your supplier, your principal says, okay, if you're doing a good job here, you can do a good job exactly. somewhere else. And even you grow in confidence as well. That you exactly, and you start, to, well. you start to figure out what works, what doesn't work, mm-hmm. you know, but um, it's very, I mean, it's very, every country is very different to the other, even when it comes to partners. So in Rwanda, we don't have a partner. Okay. We're there directly. Um, but other countries, obviously, depending on legislation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you need to see if you need to have a partner or not. Exactly. Like, but I wanted to ask you, sure. you know, from your experience yeah. and Chris as well, you know, what makes, I don't know, North Africa and Sub-Saharan Africa or Francophile Africa or Anglophile Africa kind of different? Because we it's, tend to think of Africa as one. I mean, it's a bit like the Americans say they're going to Europe, right? Okay. Like not making any distinction, like mm-hmm. Europe is one place. I mean, Africa is extremely, I mean, you can't compare. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, extre- it's extremely diverse. So, um, you know, you can't compare mm-hmm. uh, North Africa with Sub-Saharan Africa, with South Africa, with the West of Africa. I mean, it's all very, it's all very different, the same as, you know, anywhere else, really. Mm-hmm. So, I, for us, it was, it's very much, we look at the, a country very sp- in, in depth and specifically, you know, because each country is, is completely different to each and other. And you see kind of to understand the, the yes. culture and the mechanics. The culture, legislation, everything, I mean, you know. What, what, from your experience, Chris, what makes, you know, North Africa and South Africa and the other countries kind of different from each other and the way they do things on a daily basis, like? One, it's mentality as well and culture. Most of both is culture, okay? So North Africa is Arab land. Okay. So it's known and they look towards Europe. So the, okay. the whole aim of life is Europe. They want to copy Europe. They want to migrate towards Europe. You know, that is their goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you talk to, if you to get, for example, Nike had tried to put the head office in South Africa. Okay because they thought they could manage Africa from South Africa. And they wanted to sponsor the Soweto Marathon okay. and say, ah, this is for Africans, you know, we're doing for Africa. North Africans are absolutely not interested in South Africa. Okay. Okay. For them, it's a world apart. They live in totally different exactly. mind frames and everything. So the culture is very different. And Sub-Sahara is very different as well. Mm-hmm. So you get the west side, which is more Anglo. The far west is French, but you have Nigeria, which is very much Anglified. So mm-hmm. Obviously, very connected to the UK and everything. Kenya, similarly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And the cultures are very different. I mean, Nigeria has 200 plus languages exactly. in one country. Within I mean, the country. It's not even a, even the country itself is, yeah. is more diverse than Europe. You exactly. Know? exactly. So, which, which is the country from your experience or that of your colleagues, you know, is kind of most, most challenging to do business in, in Africa? <laughs> from our experience so far, has been Nigeria. Okay. I'd say that. But that is limited from what we do. Exactly. There are other countries we haven't even gone into because it's so difficult to get either foreign currency or, or even to get into work. So where I can't the say the basics are not even in place. Exactly. I can only comment about where we've been. You know? mm, exactly. And what, what, which has been kind of the easiest or kind of the, 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 the most Morocco. positive experience? Morocco. Morocco, Morocco is easiest to set up okay. and everything. 
And why is that? The legislation? Legislation, um, so it's based on the French law, mm. but they also attract foreigners. So their aim is to try and get a lot of FDI into okay. the country. Kind of they're used to, they're, yes, they're set yes. up for a FDI. lot of multinationals set up their base for Africa into Morocco, so this is not good, this production. Mm -hmm. you know, so they, they try and get foreigners. Exactly. The tax environment is not friendly, but mm -hmm. they still at least do the base for them. Exactly. And um, Rwanda and Djibouti, has, how has the experience been in terms of um, geography? You know, it's country? mostly, it's most really the success or lack of success is mostly, I found out, down to us okay. doing it right or, not, or doing mm -hmm. it wrong, essentially. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a good example of you know, Djibouti, Rwanda, because mm -hmm. we, our first experience in East Africa was Djibouti. Um, but the reality is it wasn't particularly successful in Djibouti. It was down to us, not okay. down to the country, because we didn't really have our, you know, our game plan wasn't, didn't turn out to be right, in okay. the sense that we based ourselves in the free, free zone. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a local team. Mm -hmm. You know, we tried to remote control it from Malta. Okay. These things all don't work, basically. Exactly. That is what the we The assumptions learned. were wrong in the first Yes, yeah, exactly. Obviously, it's a learning process. So it's not really the country, which, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. enables you to be successful or not. It's really how you approach it. So you have to have the, the courage and you have to have, you know, you have to put your money where your mouth and you have to go and you have to invest on the ground exactly. in our business. <laughs> mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't do it by, by you know, by remote, by remote control. Mm -hmm. So for us, Djibouti was, could have been more successful if we had done the right things. Okay. And obviously we did not repeat the same mistakes exactly. in Rwanda. In Rwanda, we immediately found good people. We opened, a, you know, we opened an office, we employed people. We have a very good team from Malta who is there, you know, very often, you oh, know, yes, okay. trying to, you know, kind of... Training. Exactly, training and, and, and but, you know, so it's, if we found this down to us. Obviously, there are always, there are some countries where there are, you know, political issues which are exactly. not really the fault of the people working mm -hmm. there or living there. But, you know, there are issues which, you know, it could be with the banking system or just, you know, um, yeah. You know, kind of war, essentially, exactly. and these kind of so you know, they're, so they're showstoppers. You know, exactly. So, but you know, I would say that that's what we learned mostly: mm -hmm. that you need to be on the ground, you have to be there. You know, one thing which is very interesting is, and I guess the reason why a lot of companies are interested in Africa. In your case, you both represent, you know. Um, uh, principles who are kind of multinationals yeah. themselves, who obviously see a lot of potential in Africa. What has been your experience in terms of whether Africa is in reality, you know, an up-and-coming very important market for every sector? So with the principles, so let's take Nike consideration, something we do. So we attack Africa in two ways, okay? We have direct presence in some countries and we'll continue expanding, but we also do distribution. So we distribute to around 24 countries at the moment from the 34 because some of them, there's absolutely nothing inside there. Um, but we have a trade, a bonded warehouse in Malta, so we get the product here and we can supply. So the principles, what they're looking for is partners who can do more than, more, more than one territory. Okay. Because what they're doing is everywhere in the world, they're growing bigger, but they want to restrict it to fewer partners. Yeah. They squeeze you on the margin because exactly. you have more volume. Exactly. Okay, but they're giving you more territories. Mm -hmm. And for them, it makes their life more easier. Okay. Compliance, dealing with money laundering yes. for them. And this is becoming more crucial than any other things. You know, how you, your company is set up, mm -hmm. being, doing everything right, okay. AML procedures, everything, right. becomes is even more important for the principles. Okay. Okay, so the fact that being in Europe helps us, Mm -hmm. So being based, motor being based, part of the EU really helps us from exactly. a legislation point of view and mm -hmm. keeping a level. And from there we can go to Africa. So first of all, they see that. They see that we can handle more than one country. Mm -hmm. So for them, they had 10, 12 partners in Africa and they consolidated them. Okay. So now there are only two. Exactly. It's just Egypt and the rest of Africa is us and them directly in South Africa and beyond. Mm -hmm. So there's nobody else. 
So for them, they're getting that benefit mm -hmm. of scale and ease of doing business for them. Exactly. And I guess also they, they have their own research telling them that you know there's a middle class which is growing and therefore the kind of product you distribute will so be more So they come to the, the consumer, this is 1.2 billion people in Africa. Mm -hmm. Okay, It's diverse as of China's mm -hmm. in one country mm -hmm. or those diverse regions, but Africa's spread all over, yeah. but the population is very young, okay? okay? Average age expectancy is very low in Africa compared to Europe, mm -hmm. okay? So the life, the, how can I say, our target consumer bracket, especially us selling sports and everything, is, is prime for the brands exactly. because it is exactly. 18 to 30 is yeah. probably 60% of the population. Is in that right. bracket, exactly. So it's, it's, it's spot on for them. Mm -hmm. So they see this, but also the price point is, is silly because mm -hmm. In most countries, you have duties. Morocco, you have 40% duty. Okay, okay. So the goods are more expensive, 20, 25% more expensive than in Europe. Okay. So you're talking a nation where uh, your average share could be between two to 400 euros. Mm -hmm. I'm talking the low, the retail, not if you talk office. Exactly. Morocco's could be even 2,000. Okay, well, you have the highest priced goods in the world, probably. Okay, okay. okay. So it's quite a... Yeah. People consume because there's an aspiration and all But that. it's nowhere close to the levels of expectations of Europe. So if mm -hmm. Nike say you sell $1 per person in the country mm -hmm. 10 years ago, you, you will get nowhere close to that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yet, obviously, they see this huge potential and, and the importance of partnering with people like you to actually kind of get to, or to, the, to yes. this kind of growing market. Yeah. We Is see something very you, similar. Right? Something very similar. So, uh, um, let's say the the companies we are distributing for it's a very similar situation. So they want to deal with with companies that do things right, you know, especially from the compliance and that's very heavy. So, okay, it's a, it's a pain, but it, for, it gives us an, it's an actually an advantage for exactly. for companies like us, you know. Um, and also, they would like to deal with less partners. Okay. It's, it's less complex. And they, we find they want to concentrate on what they are good at, which is, you know, manufacturing and marketing their products okay. and coming up with new okay. products. Whereas they use distribution to a trusted party who's exactly. in the EU and yet has access. Exactly. To and also we are finding that, for example, in East Africa, um, there is a, there is a, let's call it East African community, which is okay. similar to the European Union, where obviously oh, yeah. the East African countries, you know, co collaborate, co and they try and obviously encourage uh, uh, big companies to manufacture within the community. Mm -hmm. So obviously the, the, the issue of import taxation is big, mm -hmm. especially when products need to be affordable because obviously uh, the population still has a way to go, you know, to, to, have, to be able to, to, to have the spending power, power exactly. as, as you have in Europe. So, you know, what we are finding is more and more companies are setting up manufacturing bases there mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, uh, to invest in the country, but also to have to pay less less uh, import duties and make the product more affordable yeah. and work with distributors who are, you know, exactly. serious. So for us, these are all positive things and yeah. encourage us to, to invest even more, you know, exactly. in, into these. Has, has, has there been an impact as yet on this, you know, Africa, you know, free trade area, which is a huge, essentially? Never happened. Oh. Okay. It's, it's political, they've announced it, zero okay. impact. On the ground so far. Ground. So okay. Far, yeah. okay. So aspirations only, or kind of a, a bit of an ambition only to become, you know, a, a block, an economic block. Look, yeah. if you import product to Morocco and then from Morocco I send it to Nigeria, I'll have to pay duties mm -hmm. in Morocco and then Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. So at, at least at the moment it's like that. Exactly. No, no. But it seems to be going in that direction. Yeah, for production, so in East Africa, I think yes, it's, it's good. Exactly. If you produce in like Egypt, Kenya, yes, correct, yeah. um, I'm not sure, Ethiopia and these, if you produce in country, then you have the transit of good without, okay. yeah, without okay. tax. So that is extremely interesting, but exactly. unfortunately none of our principles so far yeah. produce there. We're trying, but 
when it comes to footwear and apparel, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, will, exactly. it's a challenge. We're talking about volume, volume exactly. FMCGs, exactly. yeah. So yeah. obviously, I, for that, yeah. you know, yeah. it works. Different. I wanted to, you know, discuss a little bit as well the kind of setup you have in Africa. You, um, Carl, um, employ people in Africa in your distribution centers. Same, same with you, Chris. In, 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 the, in not just your retail, but also your your kind of distribution centers and all that. How do you find, you know, doing business with people in Africa in general? I, I again, you can't generalize. Mm -hmm. But what lessons have you learned in dealing with people from a meeting to anything else which you do? As you said, obviously, it's, it varies differently. However, for example, if I had to mention Rwanda, mm -hmm. uh, we, I mean, it, it was an extremely good uh, experience. experience in the mm -hmm. sense that, uh, you know, the, the laws are pretty similar to ours, you know. Uh, you find excellent lawyers and, uh, you know, you find all the big, you know, like PwC and you find, exactly. you, know, mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. who work with the motor, so, you know, we can work with exactly. the same people. So, mm -hmm. so you, you find all of these services. Um, so for us, it was about selecting... Um, the best possible advisors, you know, okay. uh, in the country mm -hmm. to really get the best advice. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a very good experience and, and not just in, in Rwanda. So obviously you, you, you need to be able to identify who to try and work with in, in a country. So yeah. we try and use, let's say, our Maltese lawyers to find out, you know, who should we work with in, okay. in okay. Djibouti, who should we yeah. work with in... In terms of partners, who to work of, with? No, 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 in terms of legal advice. Oh, ah, okay. You okay. know, the partners uh, is, as you said, the most critical thing and it's not, it's the most difficult thing to, to find. Because it's purely a judgment call. It's a judgment call. Okay, yeah. obviously there's things you can do, but at the end of the day, it's, it's the person, like you said, you know, you need to be able to, yeah. you have to have some common... Values. culture then values you and, you've, and you've had your stories now of, of partnership go, going wrong and then you found you know the right ones later yes we still have stories coming <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we've had we've had people companies we've brought up from they had two stores we brought them up to a 60 million dollar business okay okay five years and we so still, kind of they grew with still, to, to this extent and it's still ruptured because they still thought that they did not need further support or they mm -hmm. became bigger than us you know yeah, so yeah yeah. You, get this. you always have that. And what, what, what's your kind of presence? Not always. I can't say it's always. Okay, mm -hmm. It happened once. Exactly. It happened all the time. Mm -hmm. So thank God it don't happen once. But it's a difficult one. It's not an easy yeah. one. Like, like, like Carl was saying, choosing the right, you know, per, it's really about a person in the end, you know, and choosing the, that person on those partners on the ground becomes really difficult. Um, in, in terms of employees, you know, and work ethic and all that, has no, it been... I mean, it's diverse. Okay, so we've got a bit of a... Diverse. I, think, I would tell you education is good in mm -hmm. most cases. People are willing, very willing to learn. So opposite of Malta, you find workforce, okay. you find people ready to work. Okay. Um, in fact, we should get some to train to Malta and okay. everything. We should okay. do something because mm -hmm. it would be good for us because we need people right. mm -hmm. and everything. But you find the workforce, you need to educate them, you need to train them. Sometimes you have to go, in certain cases, you have to go down to the basics okay. because some cultures, they... They don't like saying no. They will tell you yes to so everything you tell them. That's interesting. Okay. Whether or not they really understood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they will just say yes, yes, everything, not mm -hmm. a problem. And then you actually ask them to repeat and you notice they're struggling a okay. bit. Okay, okay, okay. So there is a difference here, but normally you find pretty well-educated people. Yeah. Okay. Your experience, Carl, has been the same? No, it's, yeah, it's, it's, as I, as it's all down to culture, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we also have business not in Africa. Mm -hmm. So you have obviously very, very large. I mean, with, with the workforce, for example, I would say in Rwanda, it was, it was a good experience in the sense that people are, if you get a very good level of education. Uh, you have uh, people who are very willing to work and very willing to kind of to, to, to learn the way okay. you do things. Okay. And, you know, especially if they've never done it before. Mm -hmm. So there, there was 
there was absolutely no issue with that. Obviously, there are cultural, mm -hmm. there are cultural, uh, there are very important cultural. So, as you said, in some places there is not a, there is not really the the culture to question, for example, right? So, okay. if you are my boss and you are saying rubbish, right? I'm not going to tell you, exactly. you know. Exactly. And and uh, or if I see a if I see a problem approaching, <laughs> in some cultures, it, there isn't the, that that let's say. Um, the confidence, the okay. confidence to, to tell. It's not my place to tell you that something. Okay. So the problem, you will know the problem when it hits, even if somebody knows it's Could coming. Could have anticipated. Just because culturally, it's yeah. not. It is not. You know, it is not. Yeah. Some some culture is not in your, your place to, exactly. to say. And that. I guess it's par par so partly training, to, partly understanding, they don't and tolerating. Us. They want to go to Europe. Everywhere you go to, you know, we okay. speak to a guy in Nigeria. I'm doing my CCA because I want to go to the UK. Yeah, we just employed you, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Why are you telling me you want to go to the UK? Exactly. You know? But exactly. for them, the dream is always Europe. Exactly. So far, the majority. And, and foreign of companies provide, if you like, this this training, this kind and we of... give them the scope. We mm -hmm. we we get people. Mm -hmm. We try and bring people over, yeah. secondments and everything. Because it's a learning curve. It's yeah. a learning curve for us as well. Yeah. I imagine, no, and that's that's really important to mention. How you know a lot of people listening to us and and and, and watching us. Would be either companies interested in Africa. How how should a company kind of prepare? No, have some setup in place to be able to take Africa seriously because of these opportunities. Deep pockets, deep pockets. <laughs> no, you have to have the willingness. I think patience. patience. Africa can't be. It's not a quick win. Okay. 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 I wouldn't say accurate. I think our strength so far has been with doing it progressively. Okay. Okay. And you can't rush it because. We have instances where countries, they stop giving license to import. Mm -hmm. um, first, they implement a law saying you need a license to import, and they stop giving license to import for, okay. in our case, it was three months. Mm -hmm. But there was a car industry in Algeria was stopped for three years. Okay. Okay. So if you rushed into it exactly. and you put all your eggs there, then obviously... Yeah. You, so you need the patience and the, the, uh, the long-term approach. You need depth. You can't be one. I understand the model of going one country mm -hmm. deep, but obviously for them, in terms of investment, it's not significant for the group mm -hmm. overall. Yes. Okay, so you can't put all yeah. your cash into one place. If it goes wrong, it can't sink you yeah. as a exactly. group of companies, exactly. and that's important. Exactly. So you need to spread it out, you need to do it progressively and everything, because there's always a curveball coming. Absolutely, absolutely. And, that's, and obviously, you know, in, in, in markets that are kind of high return, if you like, there is a degree of high risk that comes in, in, its, very, in its very definition. Um, Carl, what do you think? We, I mean, from our, from our point of view, what we did was we, we made sure we had people who really understood the country we were going to. So we made sure we acquired the right people. So as in, for example, for Rwanda, we had a person who knew Rwanda very well, worked okay. there before, okay. Okay. you know, and we, we basically employed this person. Mm -hmm. And then, as I, as I said before, you know, you want to have the, the right kind of advisors from the legal side, financial side. If you're not going in with a partner, make sure you really understand the laws mm -hmm. and the history and, and, you know, what, what could have gone wrong, you know, in, in the last 10 years. Has anything changed dramatically mm -hmm. in the last 10 years, you know, from a legislation point of view, you know, because it could happen again. Exactly. And um, you have to have the courage to go and do it, basically. Absolutely. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's yeah. about, you know, you have to take the plunge and yeah. obviously you have to have a very strong business case. But uh, as I said, you know, you have to be there on the ground yeah. with the right advisors, the right people. Okay. Um, and then you can, I mean, obviously it depends on the country, but um, from our experience, you know, that's a major head, you know. And, 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 and you, for example, are, are there in, in Rwanda a lot of the time or...? or? Personally, yes, yes you, I've been, you, I know, six, seven and, times. No, but kind of, you, you, it's, it's in your calendar yeah, to, yeah, to go of often. Of course, yes, yes, yes. I was there 
I don't know when this is airing, but I was there last week. Exactly. <laughs> and um, uh, so, no, we, and there's a group of us, there's a group of five or six of us that from, from the, the, the office in Malta who are there. Obviously, the aim is that um, our local management team, we, we don't want to build a situation where, you know, we're, we're, we're running show from Malta. It's not at all. The, mm -hmm. It is more about, you know, um, building a team in, 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 it's not just Rwanda. It's mm -hmm. also, we're mm -hmm. doing similar things in other countries where we, we kind of try to build the capacity there. Exactly. So they are as self-sufficient as, as, as possible. And that not will allow us to grow. Not dependent on you. Exactly, exactly. But at the same time, your presence there is important. Because they're perfectly exactly. capable of doing it. It's just a, ma a matter of trying to get the same culture and the same Excellent. systems and the same Absolutely. way of working, basically. Yeah. And same with you, Chris, you, you go often because you need to be present there or you have some other form of setup? I mean, no, we have setup, we have teams which do go regularly. Mm -hmm. So normally every three months, there's at least some one person from different business, could be from the commercial side, okay. so the brands, okay. it could be logistics, yeah. HR, they all go down. Exactly. So we need to go and it's simple. It's not important only for monitoring, but it's also important for the, for the locals because they want to feel yes. valued. Exactly. And, exactly. and people do like it. So when you go down... It builds a relationship. It no? builds a relationship. It's, even with the staff, you know, for them it's good mm -hmm. that you go down and see them and everything. Mm -hmm. gives them motivation. Exactly. They feel part of a bigger group, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. counts a lot for them. So we do visit. Normally I get involved more at the beginning, the setup, okay. or okay. with the partners, if there are partners. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the rest of the team, they frequent on a, on a exactly. regular basis. And what's your kind of long-term plan in Africa? Oh. A long-term plan is we want to, ambitious as it sounds, be the leaders of sports in Africa. Okay. Okay. We have the brands to do it. Okay. Of course. Um, we, we have some stuff in progress which can get us on a stronger footing okay. to do it. So that is our longer-term strategy. We do fashion as well. So we've got... Let's say these two areas. I want to focus on them. We don't want. We can't go too wide because exactly. we need to but focus. become leaders in Africa. We need to be process. We have to have the right process. We can become leaders in Africa. Fantastic, Carl. Your long-term game. Well, I mean, we are we're quite a young team, and uh, let's say we've really enjoyed the experience. So we want we want to grow it. You know, um, we have we have the backing of our shareholders and our board. You know, so we want to replicate what we've done so far. The opportunities, the opportunities are not there. Are, are, are there? As in, it's not, it's not a matter of not having opportunities. The opportunities, are, it, you, mm -hmm. the biggest challenge is building the team, the capacity exactly. to do it. You know, to go to go for them. You know, so our our plan is to look at other other countries in East Africa, and and even beyond that. Obviously, we still focus on North Africa, where we've been for for a longer time. But uh, yeah, there's definitely scope for for growth, and we we want to go for it basically. Absolutely, great, Carl. Chris, really great to have you here and uh, to have your kind of your insight on why, you know, a lot of companies are kind of off to Africa because it's such a, an interesting opportunity. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Pleasure being here. If you found this podcast useful, we have others on managing a crisis, nurturing talent and the imperative of being digital. You can find them on Spotify, on International Insights or in video format on YouTube. This podcast series is produced for Trade Malta. The podcasts are made possible thanks to HSBC and their international business financing solutions. We get technical help from Studio 7. Thanks for listening.